0: Thanks for joining us here in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. Well, good morning and Merry Christmas. One more time before the year is out. Uh, This has been a week filled with ups and downs. I don't know about for you, but uh, in my life, it has been ups and downs all week. Um, I think about this week, uh, we delivered 11 beds. Is that right? And when we were out on some uh, deliveries of Christmas meals, Jonathan reminded me that um, Sleep in Heavenly Peace, who's the organization that we partner with, um, is up to 500 beds that they have built and put into homes. That's making a difference in our community. And then yesterday, many of you got to be a part of this uh, where uh, we were able to take 717 meals and uh, put them into homes throughout the Centralia community. Uh, Incredible. If you are part of that, thank you again uh, for being a blessing. But really, our entire church uh, played a role in that uh, From when we started talking about this three months ago until yesterday when an army of volunteers showed up and made sure that uh, every meal got delivered. Um, on Thursday, uh, it was a bit of a down day. Uh, Carrie and I were uh, talking about where we're going to go to dinner, and we, we picked Cracker Barrel. Yeah, I don't know if you guys like Cracker Barrel, but in uh, uh, the Tabor family, we joke that you can't take a, a family trip without going to Cracker Barrel. And so uh, we um, pulled into the Cracker Barrel there at in O'Fallon, at the uh, Greenmount exit. And as we were walking up, we noticed that there was a, a, a bit of a crowd around a vehicle. And, um, and, and then uh, we kind of walked past it because there, there seemed to be like eight or so people there. And, and then I noticed that they pulled a, a gentleman out of the car uh, looked like he was non-responsive, and they, they started to lay him down on the table. Then I heard somebody start CPR. Um, before preaching, I spent 20 years in the military in the medical field, so I went back and uh, offered assistance with the CPR and began mouth-to-mouth on this uh, gentleman um, who, who didn't respond. Uh, we did that uh, for about eight minutes before the, the ambulance got there. Um, so there's a family a grieving, Uh, Then um, I heard from someone here in the church that on Christmas Eve, they lost their best friend. And two years previously, that best friend had lost their wife on Christmas Eve. And then Christmas Day, I was told by somebody else here in the church about another best friend who had passed away. And then this morning, um, someone found out about a best friend who had recently um, passed away. So with the highs of... All that we've done as a church, there's lows. Uh, this, uh, I'm coming up on three years of having lost my dad. And so it's a hard week. Uh, and I can only imagine what many in our church are going through uh, with the loss of a loved one uh, going through the holiday It's not easy. But I'll tell you this, that we still have Jesus. We still have the hope of the cross. Uh, we still have the miracle of the manger. And my prayer is that one day, we are able to be united with those that we've lost here on this earth. If you uh, would, join me in prayer. God, uh, Father, we thank you so much that you are a God who manifests yourself in our lives. And Lord, I just pray that today hearts would be kindled, that the embers would be stirred, and they would realize and walk out of here with a hunger to see you work in their life. To see you work in my life to see you work in our church's life to see you work in our community God we love you and we praise you in Jesus name amen well I hope you enjoyed that video of Elijah and Elisha as they traded or, or hand the torch was passed um, and Elijah when Elisha or Elisha is gone um, I'm sorry Elijah's gone Elisha. Uh, has that the mantle, his coat. He walks back to the Jordan River and he rolls it up and he hits the water and he pronounces, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And today, that's what I want to share with you. And so uh, while that is found in 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 14, I want to lead you, if you've got your Bibles, over to 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5. And I'm going to read you the story, and then I'm going to show you how that the Lord God of Elijah manifested himself, not only in Elisha's life, but in those that surrounded him. Second Kings chapter 5, and I'm going to be, begin in verse 1. Naaman, the commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great man and his master in, with his master and in, in high favor, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. Now the Syrians on one of their raids had carried off a little girl from the land of Israel, and she worked in the service of Naaman's wife. And she said to her mistress, Would that my lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman went and told his lord, thus and so spoke the girl from the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel so that he went, taking with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 changes of clothing. Uh, that equaled up to, in today's money, more than a million dollars. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which read, When this letter reaches, you know that I have sent to you Naaman, my servant, that you may cure him of leprosy. And I'll just tell you, the first problem that uh, that happened here in this is that the king uh, sent the other king and basically um, reached out to another government to help him. Uh, We have seen this over the last two years where people are more concerned about what the government will do for us than what God can and does to, through, and for us. And so uh, mistake number one there in verse 6. Verse 7, and when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and he said, Am I a God to kill and to make alive that this man sends word to me to cure a man of leprosy? Only consider and see how that he is seeking a quarrel with me. Later on in the New Testament, Jesus talks about this and how that the only person healed of leprosy in the land of Israel was Naaman, a foreigner, a conqueror of Israel. All of the Israelites who had suffered from leprosy were not healed by Elisha or Elijah. Verse eight, but when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent to the king saying, why have you torn your clothes? Let him come now that he may know that there is a prophet in Israel. Boy, don't you, do you have that friend, that prayer warrior? I I hope that there are many here in church today that you are that friend that people call on. They, they won't invite you out on Friday night to go to a party. But when life falls off, when the, the wheels of life are left on the roadside, you're the first person they call to pray because they know that you have a God who hears your prayers. I hope that Crossroads Church is known as that church that, you know, when, when you need God, when you need to see him, that there's a church on the south side of town that if you go there, you'll see God work every Sunday. Are not Abana and far-far the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? And if you know anything about the Jordan River, if you've looked at people's trips as they go to Israel and get baptized in the Jordan River, the only thing beautiful is the white robe that they're wearing because the river is muddy. It's not clear. And here, Haman has a problem with it. Could I not wash in these clean rivers and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. But one of his servants came near and said to him, My father, it's a great word the prophet has spoken to you. Will you not do it? Has he actually said to you, Wash and be clean? So he went down, he dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Verse 15. Then he returned to the man of God, and all his company, and he came and stood before him. And he said, Behold, I know that there is a God in all of the earth. There is no God in all of the earth but in Israel. So accept now a present from your servants, the million dollars. And he said, As the Lord lives before whom I stand, I will receive none. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. Then Naaman said, If not, please let there be given to your servant two mule loads of earth. For from now on, your servant will not offer burnt offering or sacrifice to any God but the Lord. As I read through this story, I love the stories of the Old Testament. I love the the reality that it has in our lives. And what I want to do is I want to share with you three lessons that I think all of us can learn from the story of Naaman being healed. And so lesson number one is this, obedience anyways obedience anyways. See, uh, you could tell that Naaman was off track when when the first words out of his mouth in verse 11, Behold, I thought. Now, has anyone in here ever made that mistake? Uh, I thought God was going to, and you fill in the blank, I thought God was going to strike them down for sure. I know what they're doing. Surely God knows what they're doing. I thought, God, you were going to I thought, God, you were going to heal me from cancer and never let it come back. God, I thought you were going to allow that relationship to be restored. God, I thought that you were going to demonstrate your power through this dilemma that I'm facing. And what happens, just like Naaman, we get mad at God because he didn't work the way that we thought he should work. And here's what I want you to understand. That obedience... Costs the enemy something. And disobedience costs us something. See, when we obey God, we end up blessing 717 people with meals. When we obey God, 500 beds go into homes where children who were sleeping on the floor or on the couch now have a a place that they can lay their head down and call it their own. Obedience costs the enemy. Obedience sets tremors through the spiritual world. But disobedience costs us. When we disobey God, we lose out on His blessings. When we disobey God, we lose out on Him opening up the windows of heaven and pouring out on our lives in such a way that only God could have done it. When we disobey we miss out on seeing the creator of the universe put himself into your life and demonstrate, Ronnie, that I'm here. I'm by your side. I'll never leave you or forsake you. But disobedience takes that all away. When we we disobey, we don't get to see God work. When we disobey, we don't get to watch God demonstrate his power through us. When we disobey, we miss out on what God intended to do with our lives. Lesson number two, God can still use you. I didn't get too many amens on that one. God can still use you whether you are a success like Naaman, Naaman had reached the pinnacle of his military career. He was second in command of the nation, who at that time pretty much ruled the Middle East. Yet if you go back to verse number one, there was a problem in his life. It said he was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. If he would have been a normal person, he would have been ostracized and put out of society. But because he was Naaman, because he was successful, because, God, because he had been a blessing to his boss, they covered it up with his military uniform and acted like he didn't have anything wrong with him. Yet everybody knew that Naaman was a leper. There's another person in this story, maybe the center person of this story. She wasn't successful. Her mom and dad were probably killed, and she was carried off into slavery. Matter of fact, she was serving Naaman's wife. She was victimized by her circumstance. I have no doubt that there are people sitting here that are watching online that absolutely, beyond a shadow of a doubt, the circumstances that you're in are none of your fault, none of your doing. And yet I want you to understand that God in heaven, the creator of the universe, your heavenly father, he's not done with you yet. See, we all have a butt. Naaman's butt was but he was a leper. This young girl's, but well, we don't even know her name, but her butt was that she was a slave. Let's not call them butts, let's call them dilemmas. Naaman's dilemma was a leper. The little girl's dilemma was she was a slave. And I ask you this, what's your dilemma? Oh, we've all got them. Woman of God, prayer warrior, but when I was a teenager, I had an abortion. Man of God, fearless warrior, but a struggle with pornography. We've all got them. This room is full of butts, and I don't mean the ones you're sitting on. (laughs) There's a reason that you tell yourself that God's not going to do anything through you or for you. And I'm here to tell you that that just ain't true. If he will take a person who conquered his people and heal him of leprosy, he's ready to use you. Lesson number three. When you see the Lord God of Elijah, it will change you. Oh, come on. When God demonstrates his power in your life, not in your neighbor's life, not in somebody else's life here at Crossroads Church, not when he does something corporately, but when he does something individually in your life that you needed, you will be changed. Let's look at what happened here with Naaman. It said this. He says, I know that there is a, no God in all of the earth, but in Israel. Here was a man who had no regard for Jehovah. He had just conquered their people. One of his slaves was one of an Israelite. And yet now he knew that there was only one God. Maybe you don't need as big a change as you. Maybe you don't have leprosy. Maybe your dilemma isn't that bad. Maybe it's minor, but yet you still need to see God work. Here's what he does he tries to give the million dollars to Elijah, and Elijah says, or Elijah says, keep your money. I'll have none of it. And so Naaman says, Can your servant get two mules? loaded down with as much dirt as we can take from the land of Israel. So that when my king goes in and worships to his God, then I'll be right there, that I can pour this land dirt down and I can kneel down on this land here from Israel. Because I know that the only God that exists is the God that just cleansed me of leprosy. Let me ask you this question. Where was the Lord God of Elijah in your life in 2021? Did you see him? Oh, we've watched him work here in this church, haven't we? It's been amazing. But let me ask, have you seen God work individually in your life? I hope that every one of us can say yes, but the reality is this, that many of us have to say no. Because here, if if we look back, when God works in our life, it requires obedience. And some of us just aren't very good at that. We struggle obeying. We struggle doing what we know we're supposed to do. We struggle reaching out to the person that's checking us out in Walmart and inviting them to church or asking them, is there something I can pray for you? We struggle doing that. Why? Because we don't believe our God's really going to do anything. We struggle because we don't believe that God has any interest in demonstrating his power in our life. Oh, it's a great story here. Naaman deserved it. Oh, bless her heart. We love that we fed 717 and next year it's going to be 1,000, maybe 1,250. We love seeing God work as 61 people get in this baptistry and get baptized. But yet, you know what? We come a long way. Because for the five years before I got here, we didn't baptize a dozen. And folks, it is nothing that I did up here. It was what God did in your hearts. It was that the, the he stirred and you invited a relative that was far from God. It was that, that he pricked your heart and you reached out to somebody, a neighbor, a friend. And you told them, I don't know about you, but man, God is real and he's in my church. And they showed up and the Holy Spirit convicted. And they decided they wanted to live for God. Where is the Lord God of Elijah in your life in 2021? Has the past year been a year of questioning God? Here's the reality. You can ask God questions, but you can't question him. It's okay okay to ask God, why did you allow this to happen? But it's not okay to say, why God? You know the difference? We're all good at it. We're good at one, not so good at the other. And the reality is for all of us. Did you spend a year seeing God work in your life or did you spend the last year wondering where God is? Watching God work everywhere else, but not in your life. I want you to know this, that my report card as your pastor is very simple. If you spent three weeks, three months, or three years here with me, have you gotten closer in your relationship to God? If you say no to that question, i failed. If you say yes to that question, glory to God. That's why I'm here. See, that's not easy. That means I've got to push and I've got to prod. I've got to ask you to do things you don't want to do. I've got to make you do things that you're absolutely resistant to. I've got to step out in faith for our church and give you guys time to catch up. But I'll keep doing it, church. Because I know where the Lord God of Elijah is. Let me ask you this last question. Or make this statement. In James chapter 5, verse 17. It says these words, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed. You see, this is the, the difference. It wasn't the, the Elisha that healed Naaman. It wasn't the, Jordan, the water in the Jordan River that healed Naaman. It was faith in God that a little girl had. And that she, she said out loud, if my master could just go see the prophet in Samaria, he'd fix this leprosy. Now, why in the world would a little girl say words like that? She's in slavery. She's not going anywhere. She's not getting any benefit from this. You know why? Because when she was a little girl, she had heard the story about how that Elijah had called down fire from heaven and then killed over a hundred prophets of Baal. She'd heard the story about how that Elijah, when he laid himself on a young boy who had died, was brought back to life. She'd heard the story about this other guy named Elisha who had received a double portion of the spirit that was upon Elijah. They'd heard the story about the mantle and hitting it, the water in the Jordan River party. She'd heard the story that, that happens in chapter 2 and chapter 3 how that Elisha killed another young boy who was dead. How that Elisha when three of the Israeli generals and kings had come together against the Moabites, that that, that their army was um, starving, they had no water, they had no food. And Elisha says, tomorrow, by this time tomorrow, you'll have more than you know to do with. And one of those guys mocked Elisha. (laughs) Some of those things that you've done this year When someone said, hey, you need to go to God in prayer, and you turned around, you put more trust in the government than you did in your God. You put more trust in a relative than you did in God. You put more trust in the strength that you have than you did in God. That is a recipe for disaster. When all it takes... You don't have to be Elijah. You don't have to be Elijah. You just have to be a person with like passions. Do you know what that means? Do you know what the Bible's telling us when it said that Elijah was a man with like passions? It means he made mistakes. Matter of fact, the higher the success, the, sometimes the bigger the valley's. The same Elijah who had called down fire from heaven, who'd watched over a hundred prophets, killed at his word, three days later is running from Queen Jezebel who says that I'm going to kill you. See, that's, that's what God said. It's okay. It's okay that you forgot about me. It's okay that you doubt me. It's okay that you give up on me. It's okay that you question me. But all it takes is faith. And faith is what healed Naaman. Faith is what called a young lady to reach out and and talk about Elisha. Faith is why 500 beds have been built. Faith is why 717 meals were delivered. Faith is why 61 people have been baptized. And faith is going to be why 200 get baptized next year. Faith is going to be why you see God, the Lord God of Elijah, work in your life. So I close with this question. Do you want to see the Lord God of Elijah in your life in 2022? Here we are on the cusp of the next year. Here we are looking into the future. We can look in the back and beat ourselves up for why God didn't do something or why we disobeyed or why. But here's what I'm telling you. God's not done with you yet. And he'll never be done with you until you quit, until you give up, until you quit showing up, until you let your faith lapse. He's not done with you. How many in here would say this, that you're committed to a year of trading your questions for acclamations of faith? Am I the only one? Come on. Stand with me. Worship team, come up. And here's what I want to encourage you as we close with this worship song. I want everyone at Crossroads Church with confidence to be able to take up the mantle. And I don't know what your mantle looks like. It might be a Bible verse that you hang on to, that you cling to. It might be a a time when God worked in your life. And he showed himself in such a powerful way. It might have been 20 years ago, but it's something that you can cling on to and you can take to God and you can ask him and you can say, where are you? I need you. Folks, I want to see God work. I want to see God work in your lives. I hurt with you. When you struggle through the holiday seasons with the loss of a loved one, I'm right there with you. When you struggle with health issues, cancer, and anything else that has been thrown at you, I struggle with you. When you question God and you walk out and you don't come back to church, I struggle with you. But here's what I want you to know. You hear us talk about it every week, the prayer cards that are in front of you. And I would challenge you this do not leave here today. If there is something that you need to see God work, you put that down on one of those prayer cards and you turn that in in the offering plate on your way out. And here's what I will do I will get down on my knees every day with those cards. And I'll call on the Lord God of Elijah. I'll do it by myself if I have to. But I hope that you'll take that same prayer. And you'll take it to God. Because the Bible says where two or three are gathered together, there I am. Where two or three agree, it is so. Church, next Sunday, we start a new year. Start a new series. The series is titled Back to Basics. There are four things that we as Christians must do on a daily basis. If you want to have the most powerful year in your spiritual walk with God that you've ever experienced in your life, come back next week. If you're here today, you might have noticed we've got some different cards in front of you. There's these pink You can't miss them. Decision cards. When I talked about being obedient, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know what you haven't been doing. You know the prompting that God has been putting on your life. And he's been telling you, do this. You're like, I don't think that you God. Then you turn around, you turn the radio on, and you hear God say, do this. And yet, no, that's not you, God. And then you show up on Sunday, and you hear me say the same thing, and it's God telling you, do this. You're like, no, 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 no. Make the decision today. Fill out one of the cards. Drop that in as you're walking out. So we are going to close with a powerful song. We're going old school. This was contemporary in the late 80s, early 90s. The song is called The Days of Elijah. I want to spend 2022 in a church Where the days of Elijah are as real as they were when Elijah walked on this earth. When Elisha walked on this earth. When Jesus Christ walked on this earth. But that won't happen until we allow God to change us. Who's ready to change with me? Who's ready to see the Centralia community get turned upside down with Jesus Christ? Folks, we're just getting started. We're just getting started. And when I say we, the Holy Spirit, God, the Father, and Jesus Christ wants to work through us. Can you believe he's picked us? I mean, like, come on. You've heard me say, I wouldn't have picked those disciples. Matter of fact, if we're honest, if we were picking church teams, we probably wouldn't have picked half of the people in this room. You're like, ah. But you know what God in heaven did? He's like, "I I want you, Ron. Gary, I want you. Rhonda, I want you on my team. Jerry, I want you. Cindy, I'm not done with you. Josh, I need you. Romy, I need you up here preaching. Josh, I need you on my team. Brandon, I need you. Roger, I need you to get up in the attic. (laughs) Plaza Verde, I need you. It was a blessing to watch you all attack that dessert table yesterday. And I don't mean to eat it. They put together 700, uh, it's more than 700 desserts. Church, your heavenly father, tapping you on the heart right now. And he says, I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. The the, the question is, how are we going to respond? Join me in prayer. Lord God of Elijah, we need you. We need to see you. We need to know that what we're doing here to impact our community is coming from you. God, we need to see you work in our lives to demonstrate yourself in such a mighty and powerful way. God, this church needs you. There's individuals here that are hurting. They're in pain. And through things that nothing of their doing, God, and they need you to reach down and to touch their lives and to fix the problem, to allow the dilemma to, be, to go away. God, they need to see you work. God, we long to see the Lord God of Elijah here in Centralia, Crossroads Church. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. You see, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.